The Church Fellowship of Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut welcomes you to this edition of Shi'ar Jeshub. Today, we will begin the next sermon in the Heavenly Authority series. So let's join Bible teacher and author of the award-winning book, The Nature and Power of Prayer, Pastor Greg Scalzo. Okay, let's go right into 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Let's pick up where we left off last time. You know the background in the Heavenly Authority series. We're on the section on the prophets. And in this discussion in 1 Corinthians 14, we're not only learning about the gift of prophecy and the office of the prophet, but also the gift of tongues and how that has an office in the church as well. Uh, if you remember back up in verse 3, Paul writes, Paul writes, but he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. Edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. And then when we left off last time, we had read in verse 8, for if the trumpet makes an uncertain sound, who will prepare for battle? There has to be clear sounding of the message in the assembly, we're talking about the church coming together. Uh, in verse 9, So likewise you, unless you utter by the tongue words easy to understand, how will it be known what is spoken? For you will be speaking into the air. If you don't say words that can be understood, other people cannot understand it. It's a very simple principle. In the assembly of the church, where the church needs to be edified. There needs to be exhortation, urging, and comfort. You cannot have those things in the sense that the person, can, the other person can understand it unless it's with clear words. Uh, and then we pick up in verse 10. There are, it may be, so many kinds of languages in the world, and none of them is without significance. There are, it may be, so many kinds of languages in the world, and none of them is without significance. He goes on to give an example of what he's speaking about on how tongues should be used in the church. Every language has meaning. Every language has significance, right? And heavenly languages will have meaning. And if a person speaks in a heavenly language, it has meaning. If a person speaks in a tongue that's a tongue of a different nation, a different people, a different tribe, it has significance. It has meaning. There are, as it may be, so many kinds of languages in the world, and none of them is without significance. But there's a but. Verse 11. Therefore, if I do not know the meaning of the language, I shall be a foreigner, a foreigner to him who speaks... And he who speaks will be a foreigner to me. Even though the language has significance, the language has meaning, if I don't know the language, if I don't grasp the meaning of what someone is saying, I'm as a foreigner. And you know, you, you've all been in the situation in this country where there'll be a group of people that speak a different language of some sort, especially if you live in the New York City area, 
and they're speaking to each other, the language has significance, right? They understand each other, but you don't understand them. I don't understand them, right? If we're not from that background, they are as foreigners to us, right? So though it has meaning, it doesn't benefit us, it doesn't profit us, it doesn't edify, exhort, comfort us because we don't know what's being said, right? And so Paul gives them that example again. Uh, verse 12, even so you, or as it says in the NIV, so it is with you, since you are zealous, zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. Let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. This church is zealous, is eager for spiritual gifts. You know that from the very beginning of the letter. There's no question they love the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And he says, then direct that zeal toward the edification, the building up of the church. Those spiritual gifts that edify, and there's that word over and over again. And you remember up in verse 6, he says, it doesn't profit you unless I speak to you either by revelation, by knowledge, by prophesying, or by teaching. Those gifts edify. You can understand them. Spiritual gifts, again, coming from all the spiritual gifts come from the Holy Spirit. But those that are understood can build up and edify. When he says here, try to excel in the gifts that build up or edify the church, that word excel in the Greek means to superabound, to be over and above to abound in. We are to abound in. We are to superabound in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And in the case of the church, the assembly, we should excel in those things. We should desire those things that can edify. That word edify has been used over and over again in what we've read the last two weeks. It comes from the Greek word for home and build, to build a home. Uh, the act of building, the things of building up to edify. And we saw it. We saw it up above in 14.3, edification. We saw it in 14.4, uh, uh, but he who prophesies edifies the church. We saw it in 14.5, unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. So Paul is using the same word over and over and over again to clearly make a point by repetition, right? You need to build the church up. It's like building a house, and you can't build it up if nobody understands what you're saying. And then he says in verse 13, therefore let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. Therefore, given all this that he said that we studied last week, the apostle gives instruction. And remember, this is for the assembly, so that the church is what? Built up, edified. The gathering of the body, he says in verse 13, therefore let him who speaks in the tongue pray that he may interpret. And that agrees with what he said up above in verse 5. I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied, for he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless, unless, indeed, he, the one who speaks in tongues, interprets that the church 
may receive edification. And so down here in verse 13, he says, therefore, given this fact that we need communication in the church and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, let him who speaks in a tongue pray. Who is to pray for the interpretation? Who does it say here? Who should pray for the interpretation? Right. Let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret it. Because in that way, that's excelling in the gift. That's desiring the greater gift. That combination puts that person in the place as a prophet. Right? Same thing as a prophet. No difference if a prophet receives a prophecy or if there's a tongue and an interpretation of the tongue, the word of God is being given in a manner that is clearly understood. And so in this excelling, desiring to excel, abound in these gifts that edify the church, let the one who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret it. He may interpret what is being said. Later on, he's going to talk about how if there's a tongue, there should be an interpretation. And the interpretation can come from someone else. But I never understand why in some churches, it doesn't seem quite right to them if it's not one speaking in tongue and the other, another one interpreting. When Paul clearly says here that the one who speaks in tongue should be the one to pray that God gives them the gift of interpretation. Doesn't mean the other way is wrong, but clearly that's right that the person giving the tongue interpreted, he says it right here, therefore let him who speaks in the tongue pray that he may interpret. And that becomes then a ministry to the church, right? Verse 14, and he gives more explanation. He goes back, it's important they grasp this. He says, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. He's saying tongues is legitimate, right? There should be nothing taken from this to say that the gift of tongues is not legitimate. He's saying, if I pray in a tongue, what's happening? My spirit prays, right? My spirit is praying. We've seen that. The spirit is communicating with God, right? It's legitimate. And last time we saw how powerful it was for our personal walk as believers to have the gift of tongues, our spirit prays, just like in verse 2. In the spirit, the person speaking in tongues speaks mysteries. But often, unless gifted, unless gifted with interpretation, my understanding is unfruitful. My mind, the intellect, I don't understand it. Though, when I speak in tongues, I may be declaring mysteries that shake heavenly powers. Right? It's a very important gift. I can be shaking the heavenlies and causing tremendous things to happen in spiritual realms as my spirit prays, as the Holy Spirit intercedes, but my mind, unless I receive an interpretation, is out of it. It's without understanding of it, it's unfruitful. Verse 15, what is the conclusion then? What do we conclude? What shall I do? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will also sing with the understanding. What shall I do? What is Paul's answer to it? You use both. You use both your spirit and your mind, your understanding. And notice you can sing with the Spirit. I don't know if any of you have ever heard that. Well, you sing in the Spirit. 
One person will start to praise the Lord, another will pick it up. A melody will develop, some will praise in tongues. You can sing in the Spirit. But what should you do? We are called to do both. You use both your spirit and your mind. Let's look at what Jesus, how he responds in a teaching to a question in Mark uh, chapter 12. In Mark chapter 12, and we'll start at verse 28. Then one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, the first commandment of all. The first commandment of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. You can hear hundreds of Bible study programs on our church website at shiarjashub.org. Don't forget to visit us on the Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle YouTube channel. We live stream the Sunday message at 10.30 a.m. and then all the programs are up on YouTube to watch 24-7. You can search for the channel on YouTube or you can use the link we have placed on the shiarjashub.org homepage. Please join us next time for Shi'ar Jashub.